What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode number 200 of Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 18th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm super pumped to be releasing episode number 200. My special guest, my lovely wife, Sarah, and I sit down to share our story of moving from California to Hawaii and the purpose of figuring out how to help our son find relief from his health issues. I hope you enjoy episode number 200. Okay, it's another Wednesday morning on the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, but I have my favorite human being as a guest today. Sarah, the one and only. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know you've been looking forward to this all week, asking me, can we do it today? Very excited about being on the show. That's exactly how it went. (laughs) Exactly. We were just talking about this before we got on is, uh, I love it. Sarah just said, you seem really excited. And I said, yeah, you're such a strong woman and, and can be very guarded. So to see you a bit uncomfortable brings me joy, not because you're uncomfortable, but because we're doing something together that is stretching. And she's just smiling, nodding at me. (laughs) It's really fun. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to share our story. We now live in Hawaii and I have, you know, dropped hints of that and there's stuff on social media, but it's been five months now and we wanted to share why we moved here, how we got here and you know, the change in making a move. And I know a lot of families right now are are making big changes in where they live and how they're doing life. Um, and this change uh, was brought on mainly due to our son's health. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, but right now we are sitting in 900 square feet, which all seven of us live in. And we're sitting in our living room, dining room, and uh, what turns into our master bedroom at about 10 o'clock at night. And laundry room and kitchen. And laundry room and kitchen. <laughs> yes. So we'll get to that point. An entryway. The front door is right there. Too. Yes. An entryway. You'll probably hear birds and people walking outside uh, as we mm-hmm. as we share the story. So what I want to do to start is um, our son, who is now 12, Brody, has mm-hmm. had a lot of breathing issues and issues. And uh, Sarah, you got a timeline. And I just love to spend a few minutes you going through the timeline um, because I think it builds a foundation or an understanding of like a lot of parents who, you know, have a kid who has some sort of health issue. Um, I think moms will relate a lot. And then I'd love for dads to hear how I did support you and then how I could have, because I would say I probably, mm-hmm. you know, in building business and stuff, it didn't support you as well as I could have. So let's do the timeline and then see where that takes us. Okay. I sat down and wrote down this timeline um, earlier this year, and it was really therapeutic for me, actually. I couldn't even get through it all without crying when I read it the first time. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing verbatim or anything that referring to it for notes, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's always important to share why also. Like You hear that a lot in people starting businesses or whatever, like 
say your why, say your why. I think that's important because, or the reason people talk about it and that it's important is because that keeps your focus and Mm -hmm. it keeps you remembering why you're working so hard, suffering so hard, sacrificing, um, doing the things you're doing. Cause sometimes it's easier to just ignore, ignore the why. So Brody and Presley surprise were born 4th of July, 2009. Mm-hmm. They were, we had a two year old Brooklyn was two or three. No, Brooklyn was two, two years and three months. And Violet was 13 months old, actually one day shy of 13 months old. And then we had two twins. We had two twins. We had twins. Newborns. Yeah, Yeah. two newborns born on my birthday, 4th of July. And six days before our fifth wedding anniversary. Okay, and our wedding anniversary, was that our sixth wedding anniversary? I just said six days before our fifth (laughs) wedding anniversary. (laughs) Listening is something I'm still working on. Listen, Flanders. So six years. And then how old? So I turned 26 that day. Yeah. Yep. And I was 27 then. Dude, babies. That's insane. Okay, so Brody was born 2009. Anyways, that's not what this story's about. Um, So, you know, in the thick of it, we had lots of help, thankfully. But to add to it, in September, so they were born July, September, Brody had his first bout with pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And um, it was before he had any of his first shots or anything like that, because I say that because it came up later at wondering if his immunizations had mm-hmm. um, caused an issue with his respiratory breathing and asthma, um, which I know can be linked to that. I I don't know. Don't come at me. I don't know all the science. But um, so he was only about he was just shy of, I think, six weeks old. Yeah. Um and it was scary. He was tiny. We had another ba- tiny baby. We had another baby. And we had a toddler. Um, he ended up, I mean, he was never hospitalized. We went to the ER a couple times. Um, but what what got scarier is that he had pneumonia three more times before he turned six months old. So clearly something was going on. So the doctors were running lots of tests. Um, lots of the boy had so many x-rays and I don't know if some of you moms or dads that are listening have ever taken your infants for x-rays, chest x-rays. It's super not fun. Um, He was tested for cystic fibrosis twice, actually, because it was inconclusive. And then finally, in March of 2010, he was diagnosed with asthma. Um, It wasn't actually that scary for me at that time. I was just happy to have an answer. Mm -hmm. It was a bummer. It was sad to see him struggling and um, being all raspy all the time. And um, I won't even say this was hard. This was looking back of all the things that could have gone wrong. This is simple. But he had to use a nebulizer every single night from six age of six months and up. I don't know if you remember, babe, sitting in the like every night before bed, his routine was it kind of started lulling him to sleep. I don't know if anybody have used nebulizers. They're quite loud. And he would have a little oxygen face mask with a little, little dinosaur. On yep. It. Yep. And a rubber band around his face. Mm-hmm. And we'd rock him every night. And that was about 10 minutes that you have. He had to breathe. The about, nebulizer. Yeah. 15 minutes mm-hmm. or so. Um, so he's been on a daily um, regimen of steroids every day of his life since. Um, so from 2010 to 2015, not many new symptoms, but also not improving. 
So he, I, some new symptoms were fluid in his ears, so tubes twice. Mm-hmm. In hopes to get his breathing better, we, he had a tonsillectomy and his adenoids scraped twice within that time. Um, when he turned six, he was able to move to a regular inhaler. And then at this point, he was getting just progressively worse. His asthma, though, wasn't getting worse. He was never using his rescue inhaler. It was just managing his congestion, itchiness, nose, his allergies, basically. Yeah, because he could go play sports all day long mm-hmm. and never need the inhaler right. to help him from you know overdoing it actively. Mm-hmm. The only time he ever, I remember him ever really needing his rescue inhaler is when um, if he'd get sick, like if he had a cold, mm. and it would start settling in his lungs, he would just need some extra help. But other than that, it was it was just his nose and his oxygen intake. Um, but like I said, we had a lot of young ones, and we just had a busy life, and we just kept plugging along, kind of managing symptoms. Managing yeah. symptoms is what I would call it. But in 2019, that's when it was just too much to manage. He was just so, so bad. That's when he was – his sleep started suffering. Yeah, bags under the eyes. Mm-hmm. Purple circles. Not and every time we'd go to the doctor and they'd do the oxygen level, it would he'd be in the low nineties. Just that's was his normal, which is not good. So we're gonna yeah. have some lawnmowers in the backyard right now. Yep, dude, so loud. I know. Even in the handbook, I saw I was reading yesterday, and it said like they switched to these gas powered. Or something powered that are supposed to be quieter and better for the environment. <laughs> well, here we are. It's either uh, we do it, you know, at night when there's five kids running around, or we, yeah. or we do it in the day when there's possible lawnmowers. Uh, or hey, at, at least we didn't have to mow the lawn. That's super awesome. We did not have to mow the lawn, so thank you. Thank you to the yard dudes. maintenance. Yeah, and it looks pristine. It looks way better than if I. <laughs> mowed the lawn. I didn't say that. Your laugh. Let everyone um, know. Okay. Gosh, this is hard. Okay. 2019. Very bad. Um, And this is the point where we started looking within our home to change whatever we could to help him, not just manage the symptoms. Yeah. And I just want to stop and go, I mean, I think I was very focused on work and feeding the family Mm -hmm. and like when we had the twins we had four kids under the age of four and four kids under the age of three yeah four (laughs) under the age of three for a little bit i was just starting my business we were making very little money yeah and we were getting free cheese and milk from the government i think i stood in line once with the wick Mm -hmm. to get the milk and the formula and whatnot and i mean the one time i did it i was like my gosh sarah's a saint for doing this (laughs) Um, I'm very grateful for all the help um, from people and from the government at that time, but it was rough. It was hard. It was hard. It was very. It hard. was very hard because we had camp. We had come from just real quick. We had come from Southern California, making mm-hmm. decent money. One to, kid. One kid <laughs> to to going out on our own, and then the twins were a surprise. So all of a sudden, four kids, not a lot of income. So it was a very hard time. And so I say that because I don't, I think that we both did what we could. You know, we talk about that first year, the twins were born as the dark year, kind of as a joke, but we really were just surviving so much. 
Um, and so I don't know that I was as supportive. And so I think come 2019, you had hit your cap. Yeah, like I don't know what else to do. You've done this alone pretty... I mean, you t- you talked about support, but you've done this alone. And I remember you crying multiple times at night, like, he's so bad. I don't know what to do. I've done everything. Mm-hmm. And so as we looked into our home, I mean, talk about that. We got a special bed, special sheets, all different cleaning stuff. Air purifier. We did elimination diets with him, gluten, dairy, sugar, switched to everything to chemical free. Um, we He started doing... Nas- oh, he was already doing nasal sprays from the doctor and allergy pills at this point. Mm-hmm. But we were looking into everything homeopathic also. So he did nasal rinses with essential oils and supplements every night. No improvements. None. Not even a little bit. And he'd be, you know, what, nine, ten years old doing this all on his own. Nine like, years old. Yeah. yeah he, he had it down. He did it himself. So then at this point, that's when we looked in our home and we found the mold issue. We did the mold testing and we also did one set of skin testing finally. The doctors wouldn't do allergy testing on him before he was a certain age. Mm -hmm. I think it was five or six, but we finally did do it at age like eight, I think. Um, And the answer of what he was allergic to was literally everything ironically other than mold yeah and we found our house was full of toxic mold full and let me pause and say this we had been in a bible study called crazy love years before and we we were doing it with a group of friends and we thought what if we lived more communally mm-hmm. so we had bought some two townhouses uh just another uh the stannises um who They're josh best friends, yeah, yeah best friends you've heard him on here he's hilarious Mm-hmm. Um, we bought two townhouses together, blew up the fence in the backyard. We lived in those two houses a couple years. It was incredible. So then at this point, we found six acres in the foothills of um, Auburn in between Sacramento and Tahoe. And this was where we thought we'd live the rest of our lives. Forever. I remember saying, just bury me here. Yep. I mean, we had a, we had, uh, 90 fruit trees, two homes, beautiful views. Barn. All our kids grew up there eating fruit, chasing each other. All right, riding enough. Bikes. You're going to make me sad. Okay, so my point, though, is like, we find this mold. It's not just our kids. It's our kids' health. And it's also this relationship. There's a lot all happening right here. Yeah. And so we, it's not like we had the option just to be like, oh, well, we'll just move, is what you're saying, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so at this point, once we learned that, and we had been doing all this stuff to get Brody just a little better oxygen intake, basically. Um we had an RV and just to get him out of the mold and out of the house and to preserve basically like we had just purchased this new mattress and air filter and pill, like sounds silly now, but it was expensive. Mm-hmm. It was really a lot. And we didn't want to bring it back into the mold house. So we right. set it all up in our RV. This is in winter in Brody's nine and Presley's nine, obviously. And every night, our twins would walk out to the RV and they would sleep at night in there. And Presley did it just to support Brody because he's nine, not going to go out in the dark and sleep by himself. I remember I have a very distinct memory of watching them run out with their pillows or blankets in their robes and it was pouring down rain. And I was thinking, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we like just doing this? Because then when we start something, you know, our life is so busy, it goes on for three months before right. it changes. Right. It takes a while. It takes to a while for us ship. to actually 
turn ship. That's a great way to put it. Um, so that's when we started working on a comprehensive plan for what are we going to do? So we started on renovation plans for our house. Mm-hmm. We had wanted to do that anyways. It was only just over a thousand square feet and very old. So that had been in the plans, but just kind of forced us to start doing it sooner. So, um, we started working on that. And then at this time that was at the end of, that was all 2019. Yep. And we took our very first family vacation ever in January of 2020. And I remember being in, in busy season for work and struggling with all of this and mm-hmm. going, we need something to look forward Respite. to. We need some rest. Yes. So let's plan a trip. You know, felt like it was the first time we could get all the kids on an airplane and afford the airfare yeah. to go somewhere. And so we went to Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, it was great for 10 days. While we were in Mexico, something amazing happened. What was it? I just remember being outside somewhere and you looking at me with like tears in your eyes going, Brody's breathing. He, he's, his nose is clear. And you, you had him come over and, and he's like, yeah, I can breathe. I can mm-hmm. smell, you know, we're having dinner and he's noticing that he can taste the food better. Mm-hmm. So Sarah has this aha that this is 100% environmental. Yeah. Now looking at the timeline, I don't know why we didn't think of that already, but also we were in, we were just in the thick of it in yeah, life we and he was little for a long time. Um, but you can't unknow what you know. And once you know that for your kid, what are you going to do? And I remember multiple conversations when we got back from Mexico of Sarah going, okay, what can we do? Now that we know this, we have to do something. Mm -hmm. So, okay, do we move to Florida? Do we move to Tennessee? Do we move to... We weren't even really talking about moving anywhere right away. We were talking about, we know this is allergies. Let's do another skin test and let's start immunotherapy and keep working on our house plans and see if we can stay here. That was our initial plan. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's true. So we came back going, how do we solve this? So we came back, but, but pretty quickly we did say, what would it be like to live in Hawaii? Yeah. So we came back and that's when we bought the huge trailer to move into out of our moldy house. At least we needed to get our family out of there. Yes. So we did that in January at the end of January and the reason we did this is because we're fighting to keep this dream of this property right. with our friends. And our house plans were almost done. And it was my our dream house, not mine. Yours too. It was our it dream was house. Dream we had house. worked for about a year on a the year. plans. Yeah. And so now we had a 42-foot trailer that us and the three kids were living in. And then the RV, our two teenagers were living in. Yeah. And it was still didn't feel good. It felt, no, it felt terrible. It felt but horrible. we were doing it. And we, our plan was to still do the immunotherapy. And then we had kind of, while we're in the freezing trailer in February, thinking, what would it be like in Hawaii, I wonder? I wonder how it would be to live there. And um, if this doesn't work or something. And then COVID hit. And we were literally in trailers and everybody's saying, oh, you have to quarantine and stay home. And we were like, no way. So this was probably the most rebellious, fun moment in where I go, you and I are partners in crime in this, mm-hmm. is we had talked to our kids about going to Hawaii for just the summer. The summer, We yeah. said, let's go for the summer. And crazy, they freaked out and didn't want to go. And so then about three weeks later, it was when COVID first happened. 
and because uh, they didn't want to miss out on things. Yeah, they That's didn't want to miss out on anything. So, but when COVID hit, yeah, no we one's got, missing out on anything. We're like, school isn't happening, sports isn't happening. Let's go. So I said to Sarah, "What if we buy tickets and go to Hawaii?" So what is it? Se- seven days later, COVID hit March thirteenth, the day after my birthday, and we were on a plane March eighteenth with one way tickets and one month Airbnb rental to Oahu. Yep. Yep. And so it, while in Hawaii, we ended up staying for two months. Mm-hmm. Brody did fantastic, but it was really, our kids didn't want to move here. We really didn't want to give didn't up our dream. want to give up our dream. Yeah. And so we came back to California um, for summer. like Brooklyn's graduation and family stuff. Yeah. And then we went all out on immunotherapy for Brody. Yeah. He was two doing- shots a week. Two shots twice a week. Two she- two shots twice a week, and then working on the house, like ripping the siding off, getting everything ready getting to Getting it do, ready to rebuild. To rebuild it. In the midst of this, we just did not have any peace in our relationship together, relationships with others. It was rough, and I think that's the moment you're thinking of when I started, when I had like a heart to heart with you saying, look, after all these years and all our living situations and stuff, and this wasn't to say like, you haven't worked hard. Don't I know the best out of anyone, how hard you'd worked, Mm -hmm. but our constant living in turmoil and chaos was taking its toll. Yeah. This is a very significant moment in my life. So we're living on a beautiful piece of property in a crappy RV and then a nice trailer. Our kids aren't all sleeping under the same roof. I'm still grinding out on Net Entrepreneur, you know, podcasts, this, that, books, and the other. journals, yeah. all the stuff. And, and there's this moment where in the course of one week, two things happened. One, somebody that I looked up to, who I would call, you know, an influencer, got it, was announced that they were getting divorced. And in that same week, Sarah and I are sitting in the trailer and she's very lovingly telling me, I don't want to feel this way, but I'm starting to feel where I could resent you. And I mean, I'm Mr. Entrepreneur, do so many things, bring so many ideas, and you have always supported them a hundred percent, never given me crap about any of them, never asked how much was it for you to print that book or this, that, or the other. So always very supportive. And in that moment, because of those two things that happened that week, I realized something needed to change immediately and I needed to put you guys first, like actually in this, this make it feel first. You always, um, just, I don't want to use the word justified. I can't think of a better one off the top of my head because I don't think you were trying to justify it, but I think in a roundabout way, you felt like you were putting us first because all these things were for a greater purpose. For sure. So what we did is very quickly, we bought another house, sold the trailers and moved. I mean, within months. Um, and I made and that, that was just still to give us peace of where we lived. We still planned on doing our yeah, rebuild. Yep. We still plan on doing the rebuild. This was, we need some peace immediately. I can't have my teenagers living in an RV. You know, this isn't going to work for 12 months while we build a house. So let's make our mm-hmm. one thing. And I'm bringing this up for a reason. Let's make our one thing focus getting into a house. And within, I'd say 90 days, mm-hmm. we bought a house that was August of... We 20- moved in August 2020. 
2020. That's crazy. We got back from Hawaii at the end of May, and we wow, bought a house and moved days. in in August. And and what was crazy is it was really a, just a perfect brand new house, and it was about a half a mile from my parents and my brother's houses, which gave us a really nice year of deepening mm-hmm. our relationship with all of them because we were in the same town now. Mm-hmm. It was a hard adjustment still, but I think I look back on that and I'm so grateful for that adjustment, even though we thought that was hard moving off the property. We had never lived away from, or our kids had only had memories of living next door to their best friends. Yeah. And, um, and we'd still go to the property and then every time leaving would be hard. I remember sometimes I just wouldn't, I'm like, you want to meet me at the property for this or that? And I'm like, I just, I don't want to go. I can't. It makes me too sad. I remember Presley just weeping in the backseat of the car, driving away from the property multiple times. Yeah. So I don't want to belittle that that was hard, but I also want to bring up that that was, um, I'm grateful for that because moving here was a very huge hard It was already hard. And if it would have been... Straight from that here, it would have been very, I don't, Yeah. I don't have words for it. Yeah, it's hard to even talk about. Um, but, okay, so we bought a house. We were still doing immunotherapy. We were still... And I just want to say the doctor said this is one of the worst cases I've seen. We can do shots for Brody, but I don't know that it's going to get better. And our hope and our prayer was that this would get better so that then we could build our house. So we kind of put the house on hold until we saw after like nine or so ten months. we didn't months, want to keep pouring money into it. Yeah, is he going to get better? And then we can build the house and move there and then live here forever. But he never and got better. And I want to note, at this point, we were so desperate that we didn't even need him to be 100% better to stay. Yeah. Just some improvement. Some oxygen level improvement. Some, I mean, snoring, sleep apnea. The kid would stop. I Every time he would sleep in my bed, I never would sleep because he would stop breathing all the time. And I'm like, is he going to breathe again? <laughs> so we just wanted him to improve. If he would have improved 60%, we would have stayed, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We would have just weighed the options. But um, he didn't. And I want to say a quote because I have it written down. This is when I think for me, this was a piv- pivotal when it hit me. And when I resigned to the fact that I think we're going to have to actually move. I don't like talking about it is one thing, but really deciding and thinking we are going to probably move or we are going to move is when his allergist said he will never be significantly better living here. Hmm. When was that? February of this year. Hmm. February, 2021. So we'd been doing allergy shots that whole, we continued to do them until April of this year. In hopes that something would change and nothing changed. Mm -hmm. So I want to break this down. We moved in August. It was very difficult. We had a wonderful Christmas season in a a house, which was was the first time we lived in a house that like fit our family. Well, Mm -hmm. Um, January, Sarah and I did a annual day of planning Mm -hmm. shout out to justin donald who we used his um like i don't know 12 page document Mm -hmm. and i remember sitting at the coffee shop 
and we said, what is our one thing that's most important? So this is January of 2021. What is our most important thing this year? And we said, number one, number one focus is get Brody figured out. No more dancing around this. And Make doing the hard some, decisions. Yeah, yeah. We printed out a one page. Uh, this is our focus. I had it on my mirror. Sarah put it up in the closet. February, the doctor tells you that. Then we looked Start at researching. We started researching. We thought Utah. Utah yeah, is the spot. I, I was looking in the South because I was thinking correlating Mexico, humidity, right. humidity, humidity. I, I was, we were planning a road trip for spring break. Of to see all the places down there, uh-huh. possibly. One concern, a major concern you had was East Coast time working, California time would mm-hmm. be mess up your schedule. Be hard. Horribly. Yeah. yeah hard. Um, but you were still willing to look and do it. So, um, that was our initial plan. And then more research I did and plugging in what Brody's allergic to. Oak is his number one allergen. Yep. There's oak in almost every state in the United States. <laughs> Texas has 30 different types of yep, oaks, if you're yep. wondering. <laughs> and then all the South does with the Spanish moss all over them and stuff. So, And then it's not just oak, though. Grasses, cedars, um, pets, dust, dust mites. You name it, Brody's allergic to it other than mold. And pine trees, ironically, just pine. Um, but anyways, doing research, we were like, I guess the South isn't going to be an option. So then I was just, Utah has not as many trees and grasses. Yep. So Utah became the, the place that made the most sense on paper. Yeah. It was eight hour drive, Yeah, eight hour drive to our family. Um, it was a good time zone and being a family of seven, we'd fit in really mm-hmm. well there. <laughs> so then Afford- March, pretty, affordable yeah, pretty affordable and, um, s- Good size homes and yeah, looks like a good life. It looked like a great life. So then Sarah and I went for my birthday, your birthday in March. So mm-hmm. her and I flew there for her birthday March. We were there for three days. Mm-hmm. Came home, told the kids this is where we're moving. Possibly, possibly we're, we're going to go, go there for spring break so to then, test it for Brody. Yep. So I mean, this is going all out, right? I mean, we went we there made for sure 10 we were there days, for yeah, we were there for eleven days. Rented a Airbnb. That had never had pets in it. I'm you have that's things I have to always consider when we're renting Airbnbs and stuff. Are pets allowed? If pets are allowed, I don't rent it. Yep. And then we did shadow days. So our kids did some shadow days at schools. We mm-hmm. looked at houses. And the, I mean, I remember being on walks with kids like, how do you feel? You know, we're gonna it's just me and Presley or me and Brooklyn, me and Violet. We're gonna we're, what do you think about moving here? You know? And even Brody was having a hard time. He's like, I'll just stay sick. I'd just, I'd mm-hmm. rather stay sick and stay there. Mm-hmm. But also towards, towards the end of the trip, was Brody better? He wasn't really better. He wasn't really better. May, I say if I had to put a percentage, I'd say he's maybe 40% better. Yeah, That's so not worth something. it to uproot our life and move for 40% right. improvement. I do want to share. Do you remember our little fight towards the end of the week? Oh, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Do the, you want to say the, it? Or? At the soda spot? I don't remember where it was. I remember just it was about Hawaii. Uh-huh. So we're in Utah. And I mean, this is odd. We're in Utah. And there are, I mean, billboards about aloha, go to Hawaii, visit Hawaii, driving by little restaurants that are Hawaiian barbecue restaurants, like everywhere. Yes, it was it very was weird. I was ignoring it. I had blinders on and on purpose now. But Ned brought it up, and you were like, um, 
I think all the, maybe we're supposed to move to Hawaii, all these signs. And I was like, no, this is our plan. This makes sense. This is what I've, I've done all this research, all this planning, like planning this trip. We're, we're, no, this is it. We're supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I remember, remember very fighting. vividly. Yeah. Because the kids are in the back and I'm like, I just am giving an observation and an opinion. And I was like shutting down. <laughs> but that's, be- I mean, and I get it, right? It was a it's a protection. Because I'm throwing out, because that means that now we got to go check out a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you just want to have a problem solved. Yeah. And so with him being 40% better, I think we were starting to feel like that's good enough and it would provide the, the life that I we want. I don't know that I was thinking that's good enough. I was thinking we still have a few more days. Yeah, we still have gosh, a few more days. Hoping. There yeah. could still be more improvement. Yeah. So then the other last sign, which I think is funny, is we're leaving Utah on a Monday. <laughs> we're driving. We're going to drive back to California. And I'm Mr. Cheapskate. Like, I'm not going to stop to buy a $4 a gourmet coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah a gourmet, go thank you. A gourmet $4 coffee. coffee uh, for like a drive, which that would be like Sarah's jam to get a coffee and drive the first hour with a coffee. And we're driving, we're three lanes over. I'm driving. I say, let's get a coffee. And so she quickly pulled it up quickly on the map. And What's says, the closest get one? Get off this exit. So I jam over three, three lanes, two lanes, get off, go. And it was called like kick ass coffee. Yeah, but it's out of Hawaii. Yeah, it was a Kona Kona coffee. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking at her like, okay. The, and I'm I think, like, you sh- zip it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I did, the drive back was very disheartening though, because Brody hadn't gotten better. And I was just reeling like, what do we do now? Yeah, I don't want to do, do this. So then I think this is where the story gets kind of fun and interesting. This was the beginning of April at this point because it was spring break. We spent Easter there all alone. Yep, That's the spent- second Easter we spent alone because we spent Easter on Oahu the year prior mm, during yes, COVID. I remember FaceTiming yeah, with sad. our family. Um, okay. So tell me about Tuesday morning. So Tuesday morning, we get back Monday from yeah, the drive. Midnight. Mm, maybe. Anyways, <laughs> I'm taking Brody, Presley, and Stella don't have school the rest of the week. They had their week off. Oh, yeah. But um, Brooklyn and Violet had school. So I'm driving just them to school. And I'm a very factual, logical, I think down-to-earth type Mm -hmm. person, realistic. I'm the roller coaster emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamer, signs, seeing things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean... I'm driving them to school and it was like a slap in the face where I'm going to say God was telling me, you guys can think whatever you want, but God's audibly saying to me, you're searching for answers and I've been showing you for over a year and you've been fighting it. And that was it. That was it for me at that point. And my side of the story is I'm have my office in the garage at this point, mm-hmm. and you come in the garage, and because of Miss Steady Grounded over here, hey, mm-hmm. I got something to tell you, but don't laugh. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what's up? What's up? It's like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, and she tells me this. I think that we really need to consider Hawaii. And I'm really sorry about that fight in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Said never. <laughs> So then I, I said, hey babe, I'm really sorry about okay, that. Fight in Utah. Okay. <laughs> I said, okay, I can go look at Hawaii with you and shout out to Hannah and Aaron Burns. Hannah has been on my team, Eureka, 
uh, mm-hmm. for years, and her and her husband over eight years, and her boys moved to Hawaii a year ago. Yep. And so we knew somebody here on the Big Island, but had never been here. So I told Sarah, I can go with you in nine days or in seven weeks, something yeah. like that. I basically had these two weekends that I was free to do always this. Busy Ned. Yeah, always, always, doing always stuff. something. Uh, and you said, let's go in seven, nine days or whatever. Well, yeah, we can't wait seven weeks. So at this point, we didn't want to put our kids through a roller coaster. And so we just said, hey, mom and dad need a little weekend away. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Hawaii. Um, stay with Hannah. Stay with Hannah. And so that day, Tuesday night, we had tickets to Hawaii the next Thursday. For the next Thursday. Oh, so seven days yeah. away or mm-hmm. nine days. Yeah. yeah. So for the next Thursday. And so we we flew here that Thursday. Mm-hmm. We slept on Hannah and Aaron's couch. Mm-hmm. And... Went and drove around and checked out schools Friday. Went and checked out schools on that Friday. That was the number one concern, which we can get to that later. It's not going well. <laughs> but the reason people ask a lot why we chose the Big Island, and um, I guess I'd say it chose us. I don't know. Well, we spent those two months on Oahu. Oahu is beautiful. I'd love to vacation there. I don't want to live there. It has like almost it has a million no, plus mil- people. Yeah, a million people. And it's about... A third of the size of this island. It is crazy crowded, crazy traffic, and very expensive. And I've heard not great things about getting your white kids into school there. Yeah. So while we're here, what's a couple of ahas from you from that weekend that you um, want to share? Sunset, Friday night. Mm-hmm. Just we were sitting out on the beach and it just, it, it's hard to describe. It just feels like... A, you, I finally felt at peace. I don't think I had felt at peace ever In a with long Brody. Time. Mm-hmm. Concerning Brody, I felt at peace like this isn't going to be easy. Maybe at the time I thought it was going to be. But I felt like in Utah the whole time we were there, it wasn't. Like you said, the kids were like, no, and we were fighting and... On paper, on paper, it made sense, but there was an emotional and internal peace, and there was here. So I would just pause and point this out real quick, is um, I think that this is the place where, I, I don't want to miss us saying that faith brought a big component in here, is is I'm very planned and organized, but then at a certain level, I think as a, as a family, as a, as a married couple, there are moments in life where you need to step out in faith. And you can put that in God, you could put that in yourself, you can put that in your future. But just because something makes sense on paper doesn't necessarily mean that's the way to Mm -hmm. go. I think trusting your gut, trusting your intuition. I'm going to say a word about it. Do it. Surrender. Surrender. Okay, so that for me, that weekend, there was a Mm -hmm. moment of surrender. Surrender. Of like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but this... We're surrendering it. Well, because here's what happened. On Friday, we're, you know, we're driving Hannah's car through the hills. I mean, this is Friday. We flew in Thursday night Mm -hmm. and I had a terrible attitude. Mm -hmm. I'm driving and I'm I'm looking at the houses. I'm like, I do not want to live here. Mm -hmm. I am not psyched on this at all. And I had this check in my heart like, dude, you're making this about you and what you want and how you want it to go. And that, I don't know if I said it to you in the moment, but I was like... I'm sorry, I'm making this about me. And I was kind of mm-hmm. saying that to God, really. And right after that, it was like this, we turned down the street and it was this, oh my goodness, this neighborhood, we would love to live mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. 
and and we didn't know that this kind of area existed yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the moment um, that I knew we're going to live here. Yeah. And so it was funny because we came home from that drive and we just said, oh, yeah, we're moving here. And Hannah was like, what? Yeah. She's like, you don't even need to look at anything else. We're like, nope, we're moving here. And then that night was a really special moment, the sunset, mm-hmm. where I could just tell that you were at peace. And then you want to get crazy with the story is that weekend, uh, the na- two doors down from oh, Hannah, yeah. two doors down, the lady texts Hannah saying, we're selling our townhouse, which is where we're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. We're selling this fully furnished. We have to move right away. No real estate agents involved and uh, fully furnished. And they had six kids living in this house. Right. So. Which saints to them. They lived here for years. I. I'm not as cool as them. <laughs> <laughs> so then, I mean, long story short, I've never spoken to this woman verbally. I've never heard her voice. Yeah. We texted and, text. and emailed. And it was a very stressful time, but we bought this house from them. Um, so we got back April, mid-April. I want to say it was around the 18th or so. Told our kids there's lots of tears. Yes, it, that was there it was, was a rough. multiple family conversations. Yeah. It was rough. But again, our focus, what was our focus of the year? Brody's health. Number one And thing. all our girls knew that too. That makes me emotional. I'd love to share this, that story of Violet and Brody. Go ahead. You know it better. <laughs> you couldn't think of how it started. They were fighting one evening. I didn't even know about this till a few days later. Um, And uh, I guess Brody was... I think he was feeling like it was his fault we're moving. Yeah, I'm trying to remember all the details. Yeah, Brody was just feeling real sad, like because everybody was really sad. It was really hard, and everyone was bummed. And Brody was starting to take all that on and yes. feel, and just feel like this is all my fault. Mm-hmm. We're having to do this for me, and I'm feeling really bad about it. Yeah, and then Violet, who him and Violet and Brody butt heads the most of everybody, and Violet was. Everyone was sad. I don't want to say the most sad, but... But she was. But the most sad. Yeah, the yeah. most sad. She had really found her groove that year as a seventh grade girl and just made such great friendships. I hate even talking about it. It's hard. It is hard. Um, it is. I feel... Yeah, I'll get to that later, but... But anyways, Violet went into his room and told him it's not your fault. Yeah, and like... Loved him. Uh, yeah, loved yeah. on him. And just made him feel. And so for us as parents, you hear your 12-year-old daughter do this. Um, she swallowed her own feeling for the sake of her brother, which which that's what I would say is there's a lot of things in a transition. So if you're going to make a big transition like this as a family, there's a lot of moments. There's a lot of opportunity. And mm-hmm. I would say that we brought our kids into the conversation yeah. as much as possible, almost too much sometimes Maybe, where they yeah. would say, we wish you would just make a decision. Right. We don't want to hear about this anymore. That was more like the Utah thing. Um, and that's why we protected them from Hawaii and then yeah. came back and said, we're moving to Hawaii. And yeah. that was hard. They all cried. Mm-hmm. Um, but through that, they have gotten closer together. They have created different bonds because With they haven't other. had a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think including them in the conversation was good. So from that point, I mean, this was really hard couple of weeks. Because yeah. So we that was the end everyone. of April. We had to... Yeah, tell everyone hard conversations. Just very emotionally draining, mm-hmm. very draining. Um, on top of selling everything, figuring out 
Yeah, so I'm buying a house in Hawaii yeah. with no real estate agent. We're selling, selling our, our six-acre property. That's also emotional. Very emotional. And I mean, the the moldy house was tarped up. Mm-hmm. You know, we sold it tarped. Um, then selling our other house. And then selling all of our things, multiple garage sales, selling our cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this. so we went from April like into a a gnarly... End of school year. Also, I was working for the very first time. Oh, yeah. Sarah's working. And then being super mom. Like, we did a ridiculous amount of things. <laughs> we let our kids do... Uh, they I were mean, so sad. I said yes to everything. Sarah said yes to everything. I mean, the number of sleepovers, the number of... Um, we did six flags. Six flags. Sunsplash. Um, we went to, you know, we went to, we just tried to get it all done. Yep. We saw everyone. We spent a crazy amount of time. So it was. Girls trips. Lots of Oh stuff. yeah. Girls trips, mm-hmm. guys trips. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my goodness. It was, it was very fast. So then, then we moved here the end June of June. 20, June 29th. June 29th. So two days ago, it was our five-month anniversary. So we roll in. I mean, we sold everything. Each kid had two totes, uh, a suit, a luggage bag, and a backpack. That's yep. all they could bring here. Mm-hmm. And we got here in the dark, and we rolled up to the house. The kids had never been to this island. Island, And we roll into a house. We've never seen. Oh, yeah. We've never been never inside. never been inside. Yeah. And then it was different than I thought. It felt weird the first month. It was really hard. I kept thinking it was going to, because it wasn't a vacation. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like a move. Mm -mm. You're in Hawaii and you feel like you should be stoked and nobody's stoked. Mm. Um, It was really hard. And the kids weren't in school yet. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't really a place for them to go make friends. So Mm -hmm. we're just living in this little house you know it was a total amazing that hannah and aaron lived next door with kids and Mm -hmm. there was a couple other little kids and stuff in the neighborhood but it was hard it's i think what's been hardest for kids is when they see what like they feel like they're missing fomo really dang social media but i mean violet doesn't even have social media but even just texting with the friends or i know when school started again when Violet's, all her friends were going back to school, she was really bumming hard then, especially. And this was hard as a dad to find the balance, and maybe you you too, find the balance of like letting your kids grieve mm-hmm. and be sad. And, and I really tried not to fill all the moments with fun mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to. I thought yeah. we live in Hawaii, we're going to surf, we're going to go check out waterfalls. We haven't really, we've done some, but not a lot. Um. And I wanted to give them space to be sad. Mm-hmm. Well, they need to process through their emotions instead of stuffing them down like I always have. Yeah, so I think for the most part, we've handled that well. It's still hard. It's still hard. I feel like we're you and I have kind of been killing ourselves yet again to um, make sure our kids are okay. Like, try to get Vi- Violet got plugged into a soccer club. That's still a lot of money and a lot of time and effort. Brody mm-hmm. started football, which he's always wanted to play. He's never been healthy enough. I always worried about his oxygen. So he did that. Brooklyn playing varsity volleyball at school, trying to find a gym for Presley. That Coming to the change, realization yeah. that Presley is not going to do gymnastics anymore now. Um, it's really sad. It's hard. I feel... 
sometimes I feel like we've traded um, the health of one kid for mental health of other kids. Yeah, agreed. But it was time. It was it's Brody's turn. Um, he's twelve. It's he deserves to be healthy. He deserves to be healthy. And if you had the opportunity to make that happen as parents, I mean, that was the conversation we'd be having in bed all the time and Mm -hmm. even have to remind ourselves Mm -hmm. when we're trying to move and how awful and hard it was to remind ourselves our one thing is our kid's health. And and 30 years from now, what we're going to regret most is if we didn't take him out for the opportunity to to be taller, to be a taller boy, Mm -hmm. you know, to be more full of life. Yeah. Um, but that was something that we had to regularly remind ourselves. Um, and then shout out to our family who, I mean, we've already had a month worth of guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had people come for a week at a time and the kids have all had friends and stuff come. So that's been really good. Um, but I would just say the schooling thing and, and then we could see what else you want to touch on. But, you know, we let our kids choose uh, four of five. They all chose the public school. Four of them, it did not work out. Now four of them are in a private Christian school, and now for two of them, it's not working out. So they're going to try. It's not that it's not working out. They just Violet and Presley really just want to do online school and focus on other things. They're not connecting really well with any well, that's making the thing. good friendships. Yes, yeah, the connection right mm-hmm. is making connections, and that's what we're striving towards. Which we have to be patient and give it time. But that's like reminding yourself yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Total reminders. Um, I'm I'm grateful that we were able I mean the housing situation here is insane. And if we hadn't been able to buy this, that we it would have been really it would have added an extra layer of difficulty finding a rental or whatever somewhere to live. Yeah, the fact that we got to move into a furnished house, although So you know, I am very grateful for that, but now it's time I'm about done with that also. <laughs> well, just like like you were saying, how small it is. And we have a bed. Our bed is in the living room, and it's in a cabinet. So every night we take it out. Every night we put it away. And it's not just folded up into the wall. I have to take off the comforter. I have to take off the sheet. I have to take off the pillows. I have to fold it all up and put it in a drawer. And um, cockroaches, man. <laughs> Cock- Landing roaches. on you in the night. Yeah. It's always fun at three in the morning to be trying to kill cockroaches that are flying and landing on you. Or this morning I was getting the kids ready for school and I hear cockroach in the sink. <laughs> so I go in with the slipper and I smash it and then I move in a bag somewhere else. Another cockroach is there all before 7, 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so I think now is the first time that we felt like Let's share what we've been doing, what we've been going through. I know a lot of families are looking to move, whether it be for whatever reason it is. You know, there's lots of reasons people are moving these days. Um, I would say bring your kids into the conversation. Let them be a part of it to some extent. One mistake that I have made, though, is is if you are dead set on something going a certain way, like a kid playing a sport or a kid going to school or something, don't give them the choice um, know if you're going to give them a choice, like, Hey, do you want to go to this school or that school? That was my mistake. Was Then you have to follow through. You have to it. follow through with it. Um, so, so knowing where you're okay with that, with the kids. And then I think finding the level of, you know, letting your kids be connected to their friends still while also encouraging them to find new friends here. 
Um, any thoughts on that? So Sarah, as like a parent, if, if families are moving right now, what are things that you would maybe throw out? And then I'm going to ask a few questions to you as a dad. Shoot. I don't have any advice for moving. I feel like we're still figuring it out. I don't know. I don't know yet what's worked and what hasn't, but what's helped me personally is like I said, in the beginning is focusing on our why. And when I get overwhelmed in my head, when my brain is so tired of thinking of solutions and how this kid is doing, how that is kid is doing split five ways, I always try to center myself and I sometimes say out loud, why? Mm-hmm. Reminding yourself of Reminding why we're myself, doing this. Yeah. And it's helpful to me. And so I would say that 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 is kind of a new thing for us is, and this is based on the book, The One Thing. Um is what is the one thing that you are focused on right now? And to have that as a couple. So our one thing was figuring out Brody. And now we're here. And now our one thing is moving into a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Not just because of the small space, um, because in some sense that's like first world problem. but Not in some sense, in every sense. In every sense. <laughs> For me, it's about the kids, right? So we are January 13th. We're moving into a new house. Mm -hmm. And the idea with that is is it's a space where our kids can bring friends over. It's close to the church that we're going to. So the kids can have friends over for youth group. Like that's 100%. It's walking distance to the beach. Yep. That is the the idea is to create room for connection. Mm -hmm. And so that's our one thing focus. And then you can hold me accountable to this. But once that one thing focus is done, the one thing focus is how do we serve as a family? And that's something that's really been on my mind uh, lately is is getting our kids out serving. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but that's not my one thing focus right now. So, babe, any other thoughts on on that family dynamic? And then I'm going to ask you some questions just from the perspective of a dad. Um, no, we can move on to questions. Okay. So when I think about the the transition of Brody, let's say, let's kind of focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that a lot of men, we focus on providing and protecting, and that comes in the form of going to work and bringing mm-hmm. home a paycheck, um, and then, you know, having a home, a home, right? Uh, but when you think about the years, how did I support you well, especially when you think about Brody? Because I mean, when you say taking Brody to get his adenoids, I can I can vividly remember because that's probably one of the very few surgeries I went to, right? When you say going to the doctors, I might remember an instant because that may have been the only one I went to, you know? And so I guess the question is, how did you feel supported? And then how did you not feel supported by me? Uh, if that makes sense. Um, I felt supported for sure once when... Um like when we started his immunotherapy a lot, like you were very involved in that and taking him to his appointments and stuff. Right, which I he remember, was 11. <laughs> but I remember it being hard for me. Do you remember me going through like feeling guilty? Like, are you sure you can take him? Like, I can take him. It's fine. Yep. And you having to tell me like, I'm his dad. I can take him to a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Um, I remember... And I, f- I felt supported in that I knew you wanted a solution also. But I remember feeling not supported when it seemed like you were just saying the things we needed to do and I was left executing it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically like diet changes and I mean everything, all the changes in the household. 
right. You supported me in the decision to do that. Um, But then it was like, I remember having a little irritations with each other of like you saying like, well, he should be cutting back on all his sugar or whatever. And I was already trying to do that so hard. And it just felt like I wasn't doing a good enough job. And it's you when know? you're you're the one doing all the work and I'm the one just having an opinion on it versus but, being as involved in helping make it yeah. happen. Yeah. But then you, I mean, you did all the, you arranged all the mold testing. I'm not good at that sort of stuff. Like making all the phone calls and figuring that out and arranging that. And um, you always, like when Brody would be crying and, and not wanting to do his nasal rinses in the beginning, you did them with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember rinsing my nose with yeah. him as well. And you saying like, dang, that sucks. It did suck. <laughs> it did suck so bad. And so this wasn't really, and so I appreciate the kindness too, but I think that, you know, the very point that at 11 years old, that's where I was really stepping in to help more. Um, yeah. But I'd hate saying that because you you supported us in intangible ways or maybe very tangible ways of I didn't have to work. Yeah. And maybe that's where some of the balance is. But I just, in in hindsight, I want to go, okay, dads, one, you have the authority to be engaged and two, step in and do it. And sometimes you might even have to convince your wife, like, I can take him to the doctors, right? right? Because maybe you haven't for a long time. And maybe that's because you were building enough of a, you know, a, a career so that you could do these things. Right. The other thing I would say is when I, I think that at some level, I would appease you with the things you wanted to do. Because I was very focused on what I wanted to do as well with books and journals and this kinds of stuff. Um, but there was that moment where I felt like I, I ran out of that. And so we actually had to make actual decisions. And I do think that sometimes, and maybe I'll just say this for myself, but I do see this in men. They can be passive and kind of let the woman mom make all the decisions, which I think puts a lot of pressure on you. And so I think I got to the point where I couldn't make any more decisions. You couldn't make any more decisions. I I didn't know what to do. Yes. And so I bring this up because buying that house and moving off the property, I had to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And the kids schooling that year, I had to make that decision, Mm -hmm. which you're like, I'm not making the decision. You decide, Mm -hmm. you know, and partly like buying that house, it was, I didn't like the house. uh, And you didn't want to hear it from me afterwards. Like, Hey, well, you wanted to move here, right? right? So in some sense, you were probably protecting yourself. But I bring this up because I want men to know it's not like this iron fist ruling. Sometimes it is just that you need to make the decision, not because your wife can't. It's almost for your peace. It's it's lifting a burden off of me. That's how I view it. Right, because making the decision is a burden. It's a very big, not a necessary burden, it's a weight. Because... Depending on the decision, it carries so much weight behind it. And maybe that's a confidence issue in myself, but I really don't. I I make a lot, a lot, a lot of little, tiny, everyday decisions. A lot for our kids, for our family, for our home. The bigger decisions carry so much more weight in my eyes that I don't feel confident. I don't want to mess up. But see, I don't think that's what it is. I think that, and people might not like this, I think to some level, it's it's the man's responsibility to bear the burden. So that's yeah. definitely a different way to say it. Not yeah, to say- Yeah, not to say it's the man's responsibility to choose my life for me. Right, agreed. But that's a fine dance because we would say it's the man's decision to, to make the decisions. 
I think it's a man, like your job now is to be so in tune with me that you know when I need help carrying a weight. Yes. And to not put all the decisions on mama. I think that it, that's important. Mm-hmm. And and I think that men have the ability to step in and make decisions together. Like a lot of this is together, but sometimes there's that final yes, yeah. that final sign on the line. Yeah. And and being willing as a man to take the weight of that, like, okay, I'm going to sign on the line that we're going to make this move, buy this house, go to this place, send the kids to this school. And then if it doesn't work out, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. It's like, I chose to lead our family here. So yeah. I just think that that decision. So let's end with this then decisions, making decisions as a couple. Where have we done this well and where have we not? We didn't going to do a whole nother podcast or what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just mean, when you look, when we share this timeline of the last few years, there's been a ton of decisions, right? I mean, life is full of decisions. You know, I'll just say this and you can, you can add on anything you want. I think that when you're making decisions, you only have so much information. You never have enough information to know if this is right. And so you make a decision and then you deal with what comes from that. And then you keep making decisions based on that. Like our kids schooling right now. Mm-hmm. We're not stuck in, sorry, kids, you all wanted to go to that school. So now you're all going there regardless. Mm-hmm. We're willing to Fluid. make a shift mm-hmm. and make make some shifts for them. Um, yeah, I know we could just go rap forever, but uh, I appreciate you talking about this, I know that it's it's good, but it's really hard. Mm-hmm. There's been a ton of decisions, um, and we've really tried to make them well. And we've been sad, our kids have been sad, our closest friends and family have been sad. Um, but at the end of the day, the one thing we wanted to accomplish is our son, and and he's so full of life here. Yeah, I wish everyone could see him. Yeah, we're going back for Christmas, and I'm. I don't want to say anxious, but a little curious to see how fast or he's going to stuff back up or if he's had so much respite from it that maybe he's starting to heal a little bit. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible, but I would hope that he could heal a bit and maybe it won't affect him as bad as it used to. Yeah. Or maybe not this time, but maybe five years from now, you know? Instead of his body constantly battling every day. Hmm. So, as hard as it is, I feel good about it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Thanks, babe, for sharing. Check back in in six months. Yeah. See how we're doing then. My friends, I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Sarah and I sharing our story. I hope that it was beneficial to you in some way. If you have thoughts, questions, need support yourself, shoot me an email, net at rebelandcreate.com. I definitely don't have it all figured out, but love to talk about it. As us dads are on this adventure of fatherhood, we have to support each other. I wanted to make note, uh, I mentioned a few people in the podcast. I mentioned a few conversations that were really beneficial to me and Sarah as we went on this journey the last couple of years. And so if you are in transition or you are just making big decisions, I want to make note of five podcast uh, conversations that you can go listen to that I had with people that were very influential for me. Uh, One was Jeff Woods talking about the one thing and the idea of having a one thing focus. That was episode 172. Um, We talked about the annual marriage planning day we did, and you can actually get that packet from me. Uh, Shoot me an email. But the podcast conversation was with Justin Donald. That's episode 120. That was huge. 
Um, Josh Stanis, my best friend, of course, just hilarious. Uh, episode six and 39. Super funny. Mike Crow on decisions, making decisions. Some of the conversation I had with him helped me significantly in making decisions. That's episode 75. And then Warren Rustand. That is just one of the best conversations, episode 174. And we really just dig into family and life and creating a plan. So if you want, go pursue those. Fantastic. Um, I also just want to remind you the TEDx I did on fatherhood. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, Ned Shout TEDx Fatherhood. Love sharing this uh, with the world. The idea is to help fathers discover who they already are and show up and love their families. All right, I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe the podcast. It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thank you.